You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. Welcome to After the Show. Thanks. We've, um, <laughs> we've. You're very welcoming. We've been, um. First time caller, long time listener. True. <laughs> That's old school, isn't it? That's like from the day of actual talk radio. Does well, I listen to exist? Howard Stern and people still say that when Do they, they? Me. That Yeah, funny. I think they're just being funny. But we've uh, refined our recording process a little bit and um, we're not actually facing each other. We which are is not. New. This is going to be weird. It doesn't matter. <laughs> as long as you can talk to each other and the other person responds. You mean like so we can like, as long as we can communicate and share our feelings, we're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before the uh, after the show discussion, we were talking about the movie. We're about, generally we're talking about the movie. Yeah. Well, oh, we were doing a bit of audio engineering. A lot of testing. Yeah. Yeah. But there wasn't much discussion other than that, and how hot it is. Yeah, we've actually a developed toasty. a way of recording the podcast now that we can actually have all the fans on in the room and the air conditioning, and uh, you won't hear it at home, which is great. It was a challenge now for somebody to say, I can hear it. Yeah, maybe in my you, headphones. you shouldn't be able to hear it at all because uh, we've figured out how to get rid of it. So production issues are gone. <laughs> and this is riveting. Trust me, riveting to the person listening. All right. So let's move on to the podcast. <laughs> we are after the show. We are a podcast. We review movies. The movie we're going to review this week on the weekend of Saturday, June the 17th on after the show number 484 is the Lego Batman movie. It's a 2016 movie. It's out this week, uh, just gone, June the 13th. You can pick it up. It's rated PG. It's from our friends at Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers sent us the disc to review. We're about to review it for you. Sid Talk's going to give us the synopsis of the Lego Batman movie. It is an animated version of a bunch of toys running around being superheroes and whatnot, and it is Batman learning a lesson. I'm going to give you a spoiler here. That teamwork is good. Sound familiar? Have you seen the other Lego movie? <laughs> yeah. It's I pretty much the Lego movie, but with Batman. It's Lego movie, Batman. Yes, exactly. All but right. It's so, good. But it's good. So we both saw the uh, original Lego movie. You can actually go back and listen to our podcast where we reviewed it. I would tell you the number if I was a good host and went back and looked what the number was. <laughs> but I didn't, so you just have to search for it on com. Type in Lego and you'll find it. But um, Another challenge. We both liked it a lot. And uh, now, this is not the sequel. This is kind of a spin-off from the first one because Batman appears it's in funny, the first one. It's funny, I never even, ever even once thought of it as a sequel. Not even a little bit. Just thought of it as another story in the Lego world. Right. But Batman was kind of the... He was in the other one. Not all the time, but he was a big hit in it and people liked him, so... He gets his own movie now. And uh, Sito, you can start. What did you think of uh, I loved Lego it. It Batman? was funny. I loved it. It was funny. You, uh, it was fun and funny. I mean, there's not much more to it. You'll, I laughed a lot. And it's really fun. It's super adventurous in terms of like, you know, hey, let's go get the bad guys. That kind of thing. So it's enjoyable. There's nothing like that one guy said, whatever you read. It's, it's unoffensive. It is, well, I, I don't know. I'm not everybody, but it is just, you sit down and the jokes are funny. The toy thing just puts you in a different frame of mind, I think, when you're watching Lego. You know, they could, I don't know how it could be bad. That would be my my assessment. I don't know how they could make it bad, unless it was just really boring, which would be difficult. Yeah. Now, what I really like about this series is the animation. Um it's pretty different to anything else, obviously, because it's Lego. But they actually use this, um, it's almost like it's stop frame animation, but it isn't. It's kind of, it's CG, obviously. But it does look like stop frame animation, like they've actually took Lego toys. Yeah. And done stop frame on a bunch of plastic Lego toys. They look so real, like Lego, like the shine on them. Everything is, I don't know, it's very unique, don't you think? It's like yeah. once they've figured out the formula or the programming, whatever it is that's, that it's 
that they've figured out textures and lighting, then it's, it just is, it was like watching Toy Story the first time or Bugs Life. Yep. And you're watching it. It didn't look like stop frame animation, but there was just some quality about it that you couldn't quite believe. It wasn't flat animation, which I love. I love hand-drawn um, animation also. But this, it's like you could reach in and grab one of them. It's really, especially when they get really close up and they texture and they've made little tiny scratches and little tiny dirt around the edges. Actually, yes. As if you were a, an actual Lego toy that's been played with and mucked around with. It's got the edges are kind of frayed on some of their little, around their little heads. Capes, and, their little capes. Yeah. yeah. So you just, I feel like I want to reach in and touch them. I think it's, um, this, and it's all computers, people. Yeah, <laughs> and this Blu-ray um, that we're reviewing it actually comes with the 3D version. So if you have a 3D TV, you can actually probably really feel like you're going to reach out and touch them. Um, <laughs> now, what I really liked about the Lego Batman movie, though, is um, this team, the Miller Miller brothers or Miller, not they're not brothers, are they? It's the guys who are responsible for um, the Last Man on Earth and the son of Zorn on TV. They have a very particular style, and the style of their comedy is they drop jokes constantly. Like, um, (laughs) there might be three jokes a minute in this movie. It's just always dropping a joke. Now, sometimes, and I'm speaking about Last Man on Earth, which we actually watch and I really enjoy, not all the jokes in Last Man on Earth actually work, I don't think. I think about 50% of the time. Sometimes I don't even laugh. I just... Kind of, uh, uh. but then sometimes it's really funny. But I think these jokes in Batman, because they're the kind of jokes that kids will find really funny, but adults will understand there's more hidden depth to them, like Toy Story did. I think all the jokes work. I don't think it was unfunny at any point. It never went, it's got its own sense of humor. It's not like a, it's not South Park where it's offensive, it's not <laughs> Pixar where it's fairly bland. Humor-wise, Pixar. This is like in the middle. It's it's kind of snarky a little bit. It makes fun of itself. One of my favorite parts is right at the very beginning, when the uh, credits are coming up. You know, when you what when the movie starts and you see the uh, different production studio logos, Warner Brothers, etc. Batman's narrating over the top of it, saying like, "Oh, look at yeah, this one." I love that. Yeah, it just makes it. Even that was funny. Like he he was um. Oh, look at this one. Oh, look at this rap plaque. I don't know who they are, but what a fancy logo. You know, he just starts saying stuff. It's just really funny. Um, the jokes themselves, they make fun of themselves. Like, this movie makes fun of, like, the Suicide Squad movie. Like, Batman says, um, oh, yeah, we'll get some criminals to go after some criminals. Yeah, that's, that's a smart fine. idea. <laughs> so it's like, they kind of know that the Suicide Squad, you know, didn't do well, and they just kind of make fun of it a little bit here. Um just as a side note here, if you do want to go and listen to the <laughs> Lego movie review, it is after the show number 331. Wow, that was a while ago. Yeah, and the date I put there, June From 16th. June the 16th, yeah, 2014. It's like magic. I can put something on your computer from over here and you can see it. It's a miracle. And I feel like Ron Burgundy because it came <laughs> up and then I started to read it. I know. <laughs> because he will read whatever it says in front of him. Correct. <laughs> That's funny. So, um, yeah, this this just is full of jokes. It never stops. Do you ever th- feel a little bit like, okay, okay, okay. Like fatigued by it? Yeah. Uh, I didn't. Um, I thought all the jokes were really funny. There was there was some, so obviously some were funnier than others. I like the little origin story of how Robin doesn't wear any pants. Yeah. Just little things <laughs> like that. Yeah. That they, that they throw in and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, that's why Robin doesn't wear pants. Or... What else was really a good, um, well, one of the good plots in this movie for me was the uh, Phantom Zone, which is part of Superman's universe. They bring all the criminal. well, they send all the criminals to the Phantom Zone, and then all the criminals come back from the Phantom Zone, and we're talking like um, everybody you know. Bane, yeah. Harley Quinn, the Joker, the The Riddler. side thing is that he really hates Batman. Yes. And they joke about that also. I mean, he hates Superman. And he jokes about that also. Everybody's like, Superman's not a bad guy. Why do you hate Superman? Yeah. Like, everybody says to him, well, but Superman's a good guy. And he's just like, ugh. 
And he's just, he's kind of jealous that Superman gets all the, you know, everybody talks about Superman. How great he is. And then when he goes, he actually goes to visit the Fortress of Solitude. Fortress of Solitude. Fortress of Solitude at one point and rings the bell. And Superman's doorbell noise is the Superman Man of Steel music, obviously, because Superman's full of himself. And Batman's like, ugh. As soon as he presses the bell, ugh. Yeah. So it's like, you know, there's just jokes everywhere. It's, um... Animation's perfect. One of the things I, I was thinking about the animation when I was watching this was how colourful this movie is. It's like full of interesting it's an interesting colour palette. It's like sometimes it's like neon and crazy and sometimes it's like muted colours, but Lego bricks, I was thinking about it, they're all colour the colours, aren't they? I mean the whole world is different colours. They do do a good job because there are big action sequences where there's like car chase and then of course Legos all fall apart like they do in the game, probably all exploding. And they do a good job of it, not all I have an issue sometimes with live action movies and animation movies when all of a sudden a whole bunch of action is happening. It all just kind of blends. It's not right. blurry because it's animation, but it all blends and you can't, you know, you can't distinguish the foreground from the background. And I feel like in this one, I was actually conscious of it all looking right, that they'd somehow got the foreground, middle ground, background just right. And so when there were a bunch of shits happening in the front... It's not just up against this crazy background. I thought that was... I mean, they're artists, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the bottom line is it's actual animation. It's not just now, if a I had computer anything, making all the decisions. If I had anything to um, you know complain about in this movie, um, it would be... In the first movie, they had some memorable songs. They had a couple, actually. They had the Batman song where he was... When Batman first appears in the, in the Lego movie... He sings a song about how he's pissed off and he's uh, like, it's, like he's angry and it's a dark song that he sings. <laughs> and he, he plays his guitar, which he does a little bit in this one. And it's just a really funny, cool song. And at the end, there's the Everything is Awesome song that as soon as you've heard it, you'll never forget it. Now, this movie had some songs, but they're not memorable at all. In fact, I know the last one was about the, the song that this movie ends on was about friends or friendship. But I don't remember the name of it now. Yeah, that's and the unfortunate thing. There wasn't that big hooky song, even though I find it kind of annoying sometimes. And everything is awesome was intentionally really in your face or really in your ear. And you, I think they're doing that on purpose. But it's really fun. So I was hoping for another one. But I don't feel like unless I watch it again, and those songs clicked in a different way. I don't think they are that as memorable. And I'm sure many parents. Um, hate the Lego movie because their kids walk around mm-hmm. singing everything is awesome all the time and it gets You mean like let it go yes. let it go I know many parents <laughs> I see parents post on Facebook who say if oh. I have to hear let it go again I'm going to let it go kill my you know. child yeah <laughs> but um, this movie uh, yeah it's it's got some so- a couple of songs but they're unmemorable I don't remember them now we've just watched this an hour ago two hours ago and I really don't remember the tunes or the songs which is a shame because the first movie kind of had, you know, the songs were part of it. Another thing about the first movie, which I really, really loved, the first movie, not this one, was when it went to the live action part with Will Ferrell, because it really made sense and it was really cool. Like when it, when the camera panned out and you realized, oh, Lego is actually the Le- Lego. We're looking at somebody playing with the Legos. We're not looking at yeah a. Re- a real realized Lego world. We're just actually watching kids play with Legos. Spoilers. The first movie <laughs> the first movie pans the camera out and then you see Will Ferrell, who's the father, and and a son playing with the Legos that you were just watching the movie about. And I thought that was really inventive and very cool and very unexpected. And I was ex- I was waiting in this movie for a moment like that. I thought it was going to happen at some point. That maybe Will Ferrell, uh, you know, it, it pans out and it's something to do with him again. He's the one who saves the day or whatever. But it never went there. And uh, that was a little bit... I know you don't want to repeat what you did, but I think there's many ways of bringing the real world into the Lego movies and it being cool, you know? Yeah. But yeah, they didn't... It Maybe this one's not quite as inventive as the first one because it's got... But there again, this one's got Batman as the main thing, and Batman comes with 
where it is inventive is Batman brings everybody you know with him. Like, and not just Batman properties in this. There's Doctor Who, there's Lord of the Rings, there's Gremlins. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there, and you think, ooh, how'd they get all these? They got all, they got a lot of stuff. They got Jaws, they got, um, who else did they get in there? All of the Batman villains that you can think of. Um, they got. Orca? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah Orca that... was a, a villain, I think. Yeah, Bane's in here. Um, yeah, there's a bunch. Uh, gremlins, even though, like I said. <laughs> yeah, that like was kind of weird. Yeah, there's stuff in there that's like not even. Uh, well, I know Lord of the Rings is a Warner Brothers thing, but there's stuff in there that isn't Warner Brothers, like Jaws. Jaws is not a Warner Brothers thing, so I don't know. The licensing must have been crazy for this movie because there's so much in there. They don't actually call the Daleks um, the Daleks. <laughs> yeah. They call them the British robots, but it's quite clear that the Daleks. And they even talk like the Daleks. It was just some licensing thing. They couldn't get the full Doctor Who thing. So, But if you're a Doctor Who fan, there is some Doctor Who stuffed in there. Because it even says, ask your nerdy friends. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on to the cast here. This is obviously an animated movie, so the cast is, you know, voice acting. But I think everybody did a fine job of the voice acting. It's one of those ones where I didn't recognize everybody's voice until I read the cast list. Like, Will Arnett plays Batman. It's clear, you know, he played him in the first one too. Michael Serra plays Robin, who you'll know as um, from Scott Pilgrim. He's also in Twin Peaks at the moment as uh, Wally Brando, which is pretty cool. It was really, he's funny in there. And Michael Serra's really funny in this. I think Robin has some of the funniest stuff to say. And the relationship between Robin and Batman is really funny. Like, um, when he first... Well, if you know the the comics, Dick Grayson is uh, an orphan who Batman picks up and trains to be Robin. But there's some funny jokes about Robin here. There's the one about where he says, um, I'm... My, I'm called Dick. My friends at school call me Dick, and and he's and Batman says, "Oh, kids can be so cruel." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then there's the other one. But he's where, Mr. Innocent, isn't he? He is yeah. the guy from the first movie. Yeah, exactly. That sort of like blankness, blank, happy, happy, just yeah, Emmett from the first. Everything movie. is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the other thing where Robin says, uh, "What does he say about?" There's something funny. I, I, I'm blanking on it now. We'll think of it. What is the other thing, Robin, the really funny but There's loads. I don't remember a specific one. I don't think. I mean, there's... What I find amazing about animation, in any way, is that as I'm watching the character and they say something emotional, funny, funny is a little bit easier to get away with, but when Robin is, like, kind of sad... He's not Robin when he's Dick. He's just a little boy and he has no family. And they make him do like a little tiny sad face and his little hands kind of go together and he kind of tips his head down. I'm like, oh, and it's just, it's nothing. It's like pixels. It's an animated character, but they've done enough. You know how we identify with looking at a human and seeing a little sad expression or whatever. And then they do little things with their mouths, even Batman, because he's wearing a mask and his eyes are like glowing yeah. Is that like a normal Batman thing? No, it's For like, the, it's like um, Batman versus Superman that we just saw. It's that. Where his li- eyes light up. Yeah, it's and like then, his armored suit. Right, so they're kind of a certain shape, but then they can make one of them tilt ever so slightly or narrow, and then his little mouth is just a line, but if they curve the edge of it and then cut, make a little line down to the side, like your little jowl line, you know, like he's frowning or like he's going like, what? Like a weird expression. You... I you get it like without him saying anything that to me is the power of like not just art but observation yeah. and i think i i was really into it i started watching everybody really close everybody every every lego and robin had a lot of the little sweet you know where i felt i cried at one point i don't even remember why something made me cry i can't oh. remember why well so, talking <laughs> of observation one of my favorite parts was when they go when batman at the beginning he's like comes back to you know the bat cave and the and wayne manor and he puts his like tv dinner in the microwave and 
He types in like 20 minutes. And you yeah. go, like, like we all do whenever you want two minutes. For some reason, you type 20 minutes. Yeah. And then he types two minutes. And then he just sits, uh, stands there and looks at the meal for the for most of the two minutes. And just he's looking. like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Like two minutes is just such a long time. Yeah, and then, um, then he goes to his home theater and it shows you him going through all the inputs and keeps missing the input that he needs, which I do on our television all the time. <laughs> yes. It's like HDMI one, HDMI two. Oh, and he picks one. It. it says no signal. He's yeah. Like, oh, right. Yeah. So like there's a lot of that stuff where you just recognize it and you're like, oh my God, that's exactly what I do. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's really fun in that way. I think the sense of humor they brought into it is really good. So, yeah, this fight, this back to the cast. Uh, Will Arnett and Michael Sarah play Batman and Robin. They're really good, perfect. Rosario Dawson plays Batgirl. What do you think? Yeah, she was fine. I mean, I, Rosario isn't one of my favorites. You recognize her immediately. I did recognize her immediately, and I was glad that she, her character. Again, we're talking about an animated woman here. She, they, they stick enough of the. Like when he says, I'll call you Batgirl. Oh, really? Will it be okay if I call you Batboy? You know, that kind yeah. of thing. And she's got a good attitude. After watching her on Daredevil, she's won me over more. And yeah. on, what's the other one? Jessica Luke. Jones and Luke Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage, definitely. I'm I'm warming to her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's she is a Marvel person, so now she's here on the DC side as well. So she's uh, getting work from both ends, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say no, that? I don't think so. I think they only say that in the porn industry, right? I think so, yeah. I don't think yeah. that's exactly what her, her gig would be. Um, but Ralph, I like her better, and I was I was, I was like, that is... I knew within about 30 seconds it was her. Ralph Fiennes plays Alfred. Uh, really good. Um, actually, uh, if you watch this Blu-ray, there's, a, there's like a little mini short on it, which is Cooking with Alfred. And he actually does the old-style Alfred voice, like the Michael Caine one. Um and he says, even says to the camera, don't you like that I'm doing this old style <laughs> yeah. version? Of, so the version of Alfred in the movie is not that one. It's, it's Ralph Fiennes doing it. But it's really fun. And Alfred actually turns out to be a really cool character in this. Funnily enough, he turns out to like don the Adam West, rest in peace, Batman yeah. suit. And uh, it's a little bit of a tribute to that. You know, like he, he actually becomes that Batman for a little while. I like it when he says, um, now we're going to hit them so hard that it's going to turn into words just floating in the air randomly. And that's when it is the pow, bang, yeah. bam. Yeah. They, they do tribute <laughs> all of it. They, they, they actually do a little sequence where they show all the different Batman movies in Lego form. All the way go, back to the original Adam yeah. West, but not in Lego form. And they just even this mentioned, clip of it. There's like the buddy says something. He says, like, I'm going to take the world out. And he goes, and Batman says something about. Oh, you mean like that time you were in a parade with that Prince song playing? Yeah. So, so it like it recognizes all of Batman and how silly Batman might have been, and it's pretty fun. Definitely, um, the right kind of humor. Uh, Zach, we, we say these things as if we don't realize it's just people sitting in a room coming up with ideas who yeah. have seen all the movies, probably who have watched, probably. Just going. I don't remember know. Remember that? Lots of movies. Yeah, lots thing. of TV shows and are creative and it's not really shocking that they come up with good ideas. However, we've seen enough crap movies <coughs> last week to know that not every room full of writers <laughs> yeah. come up with good ideas. Uh, I'm terrible. I, I shouldn't bring it up. I the, should just forget about it. The Joker this time is played by Zach Galifranakis. Um, not. He normally plays the Joker. Mark Hamill, right? I don't know. That's um, your world. That's your world now. He doesn't in this, but he, Mark Hamill has played the Joker many times in different things, the games and stuff. Uh, Zach Galifianakis has a different take on the Joker. It's really, it's just him, <laughs> I think. It sounds like him. And yeah. It, but it's funny because he definitely has the right lines. But um, it's not like going overboard to be a Joker like Mark Hamill does. It's just, you know, straight up. Zach Galifianakis being the Joker. Uh, Jenny Slate plays Harley Quinn. I don't actually know who Jenny Slate is, but Harley Quinn was fun. She was fun. It didn't stand out much, though. I'll, I'll say that. They didn't make her much of a feature. And, like, we just seen Suicide Squad and how much Harley Quinn can... How Harley Quinn can be a big, powerful presence in a movie there. Harley Quinn in this is just kind of... She's just there. It's not really much to her. 
You don't really mess. Exactly. Maybe that's by design, though. Uh, Conan O'Brien plays the Riddler. You don't see the Riddler very much, um, but he does speak a couple of times. Billy D. Williams plays Two-Face. Zoe Kravitz plays Catwoman. There's many more different voices yeah. in this. Jermaine St. Clement from uh, Fight the Concords is Sauron uh, from Lord of the Rings, believe it or not. There's all kinds of different people in here. You'll recognize uh, Chris Hardwick, who I've become a big fan of. Who's the guy who does Talking Dead and Talking Soul? If I you actually ever... like him too. I thought at first when I first watched one of his shows, it was and and then once I watched a couple episodes of him interviewing people, I feel like I don't know I'm not I'm not in his head, but that he genuinely loves all that stuff, all yeah. the you know what's it called them. Um, Pop culture. Pop culture and yeah. the shows and the people he's talking to. He truly is like, in, he's all in. He is all in. He does talk in Preacher. He does talk in Saul. He does talk in Dead on AMC. If you watch AMC, they have after shows and they are, they're always hosted by Chris Hardwick. He's in here as a reporter. I didn't actually catch him, but I'm glad he's in there. That's kind of cool because he is. He does the website Nerdist.com. They're just a pop culture website. And he's kind of a walking encyclopedia on stuff. You know, all our stuff that we like. <laughs> um, this is directed by Chris McKay. It's his first film he's actually directed. He's a guy responsible for Robot Chicken. Did all the Robot Chicken episodes. <coughs> and that also has this same kind of humor. It's just a bit more adult than this. But it is this humor, isn't it? You know, the wisecracking sarcastic. Definitely. Um, but but I've grown I've grow it's growing on me. Yeah. So uh yeah, Chris McKay, I think he did a good job. I mean, I can never like say direction on animated films is a hard thing to judge, I think. Because you can't tell how much the director did. There's no camera. Is there, you know? Yeah, it's, but he's still the person in charge of the whole process. Right. And so his directing is he's standing in the booth probably or in the room telling them how to do their line. I mean, I'm assuming we've seen it with other directors yeah. with animated things. Telling them what he wants from the you know performances. And then there is, there's camera work everywhere. Because if you're I mean, placing is, your animation camera in a place like at the end of a street where all the action comes and the car flies over you, someone's made that decision... Versus having the camera over to the side or up above. And so I think you have to have cinematography. You have to have a person who's the art designer and the director to all come to the, like, how do we make this car chase look awesome? And how do we make this emotion come out in the person? You know, I think the director might have to work harder in animation because you, everything is made up. Right. Visually, I mean. You can't rely on the sunset or the landscape or the building or the the people, you know, sort of the rustic roughness of real life people. You've got every single thing has to be touched with human hands. So I disagree. It doesn't stand out as as if you would say, oh, it's, if he made another movie, I'd be able to tell. No. Because it wasn't that. But I think as far as holding a movie together and making it very cohesive and the pace was good and the story panned out really good, I think he did a fine job. It's actually, there's never a dull moment in this film, I'll tell you that. I don't think there's a moment where I was like, oh, come on then. It gets to the... It, it's, well, it's quite long, actually, for a kid's film. It's like an hour and 40, hour and 50 minutes. Kid's films are generally like 90 minutes at the most, like Pixar ones are especially. But I don't feel like it felt overly long or anything. No, so no. So it did have a good pace. Um, there are some uh, extras on this Blu-ray. There are four new original animated shorts. You won't have seen these. They're, they're new to this Blu-ray. And they're actually fully done. Like, they're, they're like when Pixar give you a short film. They're four short films. Um, all very good, I thought. Funny. Nah. Not, not, I didn't like the one... Well, four of them are, are Batman ones. and they I were felt like they were a little bit boring, to be honest. I liked the one with the cooking. I liked the Harley Quinn as the talk show host. I feel like they weren't, they didn't tell a very good little story, and it wasn't quite as solid as the movie. There's actually another animated shot, which is an, actually really an advert for the next Lego movie, which is the Ninjago movie. I thought the movie looked really good from the trailer. It looks really funny, like about the son and the father. It's kind of riffing on Star Wars a little bit. Um, but the actual little mini shot they did, 
called The Master. It was actually boring. It was really boring. And a little sadly. bit insulting. <laughs> <laughs> like, eh, there was, there was like, some oriental it? accents in there that... It, I don't think it's oriental. It would be Asian. A- oh, oriental Asian? Is, in, is, in fact, I think, insulting. <laughs> no, I'm not being insulted. I know, but people would say rugs are oriental, not people. Right, Look I'm saying I, I'm I'm saying it as in be... accents from the Orient. Right, I understand what you're saying, but I'm just saying look it up. You'll right. find out what I'm saying is probably true. Anyway, the, it's that you know that stereotypical one, like Sean, like Sean Connery when he tapes his eyes back. It's that one. Yeah, but do you know who the voice is? Maybe it is a person from Asia. Possibly. Yeah, <laughs> so you don't know for sure. Um, but anyway, there's a little uh, the Master Ninjago featurette. There's four deleted scenes. They're not finished, so they've got a lot of storyboard elements to them. They're okay, though. Um, Deleted scenes on animated movies, I don't really like them. I don't like watching storyboards with music and somebody talking (laughs) over the top. You used to, but then I think it it wore off. Uh, And there are six uh, little featurette things. Um, You know, it's it's not tons of extras. There's no commentary or anything like that, but... um, it's Lego Batman. If you, you'll get it, you'll watch it loads of times. The actual movie, your kids will always have it on. Probably it's that kind of movie, right? It probably doesn't need a lot of extras. So, in conclusion, what do you uh, think of uh, the Lego Batman movie? It's fun. It's just fun and funny. Good and, for all ages. Quality, good quality, all of it. Yeah, you know. You know, I, I, I don't buy Legos. I've got so I've got one set of Lego in the house. You have to be relatively um, well to do to afford a lot of Legos. Yeah, I um, I love me. I do love building Legos. To be honest, I like those sets. But what I find about them is it's like an hour's worth of entertainment. Then you'll never touch it again. Like you might put it on your shelf. You're never going to take it apart and put it back together again. But when I was a kid and I had a box of just Legos and you just made whatever you wanted, that's fun. But the ones where you just make like a Millennium Falcon, and that's the all you can make because it's very specific. They're fun for the hour or two you put them together, but then they just sit there, don't they? You're never going to do it again. Yeah. So, um, yeah, me as a fan of DC stuff, this is like a dream come true seeing all the different DC characters and it being funny and silly. So, yeah, I recommend it. After last week's movie, The Assignment, this was a huge step up for me. Don't know about you, Sid. Oh, are you kidding me? I thought we weren't going to bring it up. Those things do not be mentioned. No. It was crap. The more I thought about it, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to write a review for that piece of shit. And I don't say that about movies. Generally, I mean, you can go back over all of our reviews of f- almost 500 of them so far, right? Yeah. We're getting close to 500. And it is very, very, very rare. Now, Son of Godzilla, which we didn't review, but it was on Spinguli, which we'll mention later. That was one of those where I'm like, I, I feel like I'm wasting my life. I, it's not kitschy. It's not funny. It's not cute. It's actually making me like, ugh. And last week, I really tried. It had its moments, I guess. And I could get it. But, oh, man, it's just not good. But that, like <laughs> I said, you have to take the rough with the smooth and occasionally you have to watch a bad movie. But You don't have to. Well, I could have left the you room. You don't know if it's good. <laughs> I, I don't like that's to true. bail. I don't like to bail on movies. If I've started one, I'm gonna finish. Oh, it. I, yeah. Well, that's very noble. But there are times when it's like, yeah, really. I could have been happy to walk out of the room for Son of Godzilla. Anyway, not um, a problem. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. I, I don't like to bail. What I'm saying is, I, I don't mind bailing on a movie like I've tuned in on the TV and I'm it's 15 minutes in. And I start watching it and go, oh, wow, that looks like a bad movie. I won't finish watching that movie. But if I've put one in myself, like a Blu-ray or something, I'll end up watching the whole thing. And then often you might have a good conversation about how bad it was Mm. and pick it apart, you know. I think if I had to choose, I'd probably choose not to see the really bad ones. And there aren't many. I don't, I don't, I don't have that feeling about very many movies. So that was rare. But this one is the opposite. It's one of those I would watch again. I would turn it on for fun. I would watch it with somebody else. Um, you know, I'm happy to experience it multiple times. So thank you to Warner Brothers for sending us the Blu-ray to review. If you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. You can win some things. Go there and find out what. Next week's Blu-ray review is a movie that's uh, very special to me, kind of. It's uh, Train Spotting 2. Oh, we're going to watch both, though, aren't we? Yes. Nice. And, um 
Train Spotting is one of my favorite movies. Um, it's it's such an awesome movie, the original. Uh, if you've not seen it, <laughs> see it before next week's show, <laughs> because it's a movie from what twenty five years ago. And is it twenty years ago? Not twenty five. It's an anniversary, anyway. Yeah, I'm thinking of Twin Peaks. Twenty five years. Yeah, it's not twenty years, maybe. Well, what year was it? Was it ninety five? It's my guess. That's a good guess. We'll, I'll check it out on TV. But um, yeah, we'll be, we'll be looking at T. Well, it's Train Spotting Two is actually called T Two Train Spotting Two because we're trying to be funny with the um, old James Cameron Terminator Two thing. So nineteen ninety six. Twenty one years. Oh, yeah. Very close. Very close. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll look at Train Spotting Two next week. Movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of the Lego Batman movie. So I'm going to recommend you the Lego movie, which is definitely worth a watch. Is I don't know which one I prefer better. I, th- I see them all as one big film now. But the Lego movie is a good recommendation. And my favourite Batman movie of the ones of the Batman movies is The Dark Knight, which is as an awesome uh, performance by Heath Ledger. It's just really awesome. It's like a big heist movie. The Dark Knight. <laughs> and yours are? Mine are, going back to 1987, which I'll mention that again in a minute, 30 years ago, I just picked 30 years randomly, but um, I'm going down the list of movies I have seen, and they're not in sync with what came out this week or anything. They're just the list that as I'm going along. And it is Throw Mama from the Train. It was kind of unique in its day. Diane DeVito. Nuts with Barbara Streisand. I've never seen Nuts. It's quite indulgent and very emotional and kind of dark and, but quality. You know, it's well made. Right. It's quite dramatic and tragic. All right. It's kind of like um, what's the one with Nick Nolte, where she ends up at the end of saying his name. I have no idea. Uh. I'm not really. <laughs> I'm not really a Nick Nolte connoisseur. You probably didn't see it either, then too. Probably not. I've never been a big fan. All right, so moving on to games and a Scully stuff. Big week this week because what happened big this week? Big week. What happened? It was E3, which is the electronics conference that has this show for all of the video games every single year for the last however many years. True. <laughs> so the electronic entertainment. I, I sound. I'm trying to be sound really unenthusiastic because then your enthusiasm will just blow them away. So I have, um, while I was watching E3 all week, I uh, marked down, like, all my highlights of it. And I, I watched all the press conferences in order, like, as they came out. So um, first up, Electronic Arts, they went first on Sunday. And um, they, Electronic Arts, my overall view of this con- conference was, it was, like, 30 minutes of sports games, which bores the shit out of me. I can't. You can show me FIFA and Madden, and it just all looks the same. It, it looks the same every year to me. I don't know how people who buy that game every year think they're not being ripped off, because it just always seems the same. So they went. They spent 30 minutes with Madden and FIFA, and then they showed this new game, which I'd never heard of, and I don't think many people had, called A Way Out, which looked awesome. It's like this new co-op game. And it's split-screen co-op, so you play with another friend who's sat on your couch, or you can play it online, I believe, but it's kind of made for you both sitting together. One of you controls one brother, and the other controls the other brother. This is a game from the makers of Brother Brothers, A Tale of Two, that game from a couple of years ago. So uh, it's a prison break story about these two brothers, and it's you're breaking out of prison, which automatically, I like that kind of thing, so... It's like the opposite of a heist. Yeah, really. I mean, the whole game isn't about breaking out of prison. It actually starts with the crimes that they commit to end up in prison. You actually do the crimes, go to prison, you escape from prison. The the trailer shows you a whole bunch of it, but there's obviously more to it. But it's played co-op, and they split the screen down the middle, and the two brothers are on either side, and you control one of them, and... It's really a cool concept because, like, one brother could be in a totally different scene than the other brother, yet you're both playing at the same time because the camera doesn't need to cut away because you've only got half the screen each. 
Um, it comes out early 2018. Second up was uh, the new Need for Speed Payback. What they've actually done with Need for Speed, it's quite clear. I can see what they they love the Fast and the Furious. So, uh, but they haven't got the Fast and the Furious license. So they made their version of Fast and the Furious. So this year, it's all about heists with cars. And uh, the demo that they showed you, they were stealing the car from the back of a truck. There was a, a like a $2 million car in the back of a truck being transported somewhere. And you, as the heisters, have to get the car out of the truck by, you know, driving towards it and then eventually climbing on the truck. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? It's like yeah. it's like Fast and the Furious. It looks really cool. I'm a big fan of Need for Speed. Um, I know a lot of people aren't because they feel like it's really scripted and like not a very good racing game. I just like the. It's, I like it in the way that I like the Fast and the Furious. Kind of silly and kind of fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then um, EA spent the next half an hour. They've got the Star Wars license now, so they've got a new game, Star Wars Battlefront 2. They spent half an hour showing this game. Now, I love Star Wars, and it is it does look like an awesome game. This time, not only is it multiplayer, kind of like Call of Duty game, it is also a single-player story, and that story is actual Star Wars canon. It actually fits in the Disney universe of Star Wars, so if you don't play this game, you aren't seeing the whole story of the Star Wars saga. So... I'm interested in playing that. And finally, um, EA, on the, the last thing that was notable, is uh, Bioware have got a new game. They're the people who made uh, Elder Scrolls, Fallout... No, Elder Scrolls and Mass Effect. And they're coming out with this new game called Anthem. And it's kind of like Bioware's take on Destiny. But the graphics are phenomenal. It's like uh, you're in robot suits, you're flying around, it's exploration with your friends, it's shooting things. It looks really next level, but again, it's not until uh, the end of 2018, so it was a really early look at it. Now there's a lot of those. Yeah. Then next up was Microsoft, and their conference was okay. Now, they had a lot to say because they've got a new console coming out. The First off, it was called the Scorpio, the console, until they've it was the code name was Scorpio, but now it's got a real name. It's called the Xbox One X, like X for Xbox. So Xbox One X. So then they've got it's going to be four hundred and ninety nine dollars, which is ludicrous. I think ridiculous. Um, I don't know who would pay that for a console. It's too it's too much. But there again, it's for the extreme elite kind of players who want the best one, or they want to play it on a four K TV. But they've still got the Xbox One S, S for sugar. And that one's going to be $199, and it plays exactly the same games. It just doesn't play them in 4K. So I think that's kind of a cool thing for Microsoft. There's the cheaper version, the expensive version for the people who want it. But they all play the same games. It's just the games are going to look better on the the more expensive one. But they're not going to look bad on the 199 console. So I guess... it doesn't really matter if they don't sell tons of the four ninety nine one. They're still going to sell this two hundred dollar one. Like they're going to sell it like crazy. Games they showed at this conference were Forza Seven. Interestingly enough, all of these games are available on the PC as well on the same at the same time. There is nothing that's like console exclusive for a certain amount of time. It's PC and Xbox on day one. So Forza Seven. There's a game, uh, the Metro series, Metro Last Light was the last one. Um, it's called Metro Exodus. It's a new shooter. If you Go and look on YouTube at the trailer for Metro Exodus. This is some next level shooter. I've never seen anything like it. The animation is like, you like watching a Pixar cartoon. It's really amazing. Uh, they also did State of Decay 2, which is a zombie game, like open world zombie game. Uh, there's a big game that's successful on the PC at the moment called um, Player Unknown Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. It's a battle royale game. They drop a hundred players into a map, and you have to survive as long as you can, scavenging for weapons. You need you have to be the last person, like in the Hunger Games, the, the last one that's left. Uh, it's a really fun concept. It makes it's a very tense thing, like you're on the edge of your seat because there's a 99 people who want to kill you, and all of a sudden <laughs> you're just in the middle of the wilderness, trying to fend for yourself. Um, well, that's on the PC at the moment. 
but it's actually coming to console uh, exclusively to the Xbox. I think that will be a big hit, to be honest. They're also coming out with a pirate game called Sea of Thieves. There's a couple of pirate games, actually, in this E3. Um, this Sea of Thieves is more of a cartoony pirate game um, that Microsoft are doing. As far as I can tell, it's actually going to be free to play, so it's like it's on PC and Xbox. You can team up with a bunch, bunch of pirates and take down other pirates. There's a game called Cuphead. C-U-P head. Cuphead. <laughs> uh, it's been shown at E3 about the last three or four years. And it I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like, you know the uh, Disney cartoon Steamboat Willie? That style of animation. It's very specific. Really? This, this game is like hand animated like that. Um, so it gives it this look that you've never seen before. But... Hand animation we have seen before. Not like this Cuphead one. It's it's like Steamboat Willie. It's it. They basically, I, I guess, they love Steamboat Willie, and they made a game that has that that. It's very. If you go and look at Steamboat Willie, well, then it's not new. It's not something you've never seen before. It's new to video games. Okay. It's not new to animation, but they. It's like it's a shooter um, platformer, but in the style of that, and it just looks gorgeous because. I mean, Steamboat Willie looks gorgeous. It's not It's not a Disney thing, though. It's like their own characters and everything. It's just that style. Uh, they also announced Crackdown 3. Crackdown's been a favourite game of mine. I didn't like the second one very much. The first one was amazing. Hunting for those orbs. I spent days trying to find all those orbs. Do you remember? Yes. I remember finding the maps and watching for you and looking at the screen and going, oh, Is that one over there? Is that one over yeah, there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, that's back. Crackdown 3. That's coming out this November. So that's actually a game that comes out this year, which is unique amongst some of these games. It's also a game called Life is Strange Before the Storm. Life is Strange is a game similar to the Telltale games. This is a uh, prequel to that. It looks really cool. Um, so that was it for Microsoft. Uh, I didn't list everything they mentioned, just the stuff that caught my eye. There's a lot of other stuff like that you know, didn't appeal to me as much. Like, I'm not going to talk about Madden, for instance. Correct. Uh, then Ubisoft was up next. Um, they didn't have Aisha Tyler this year. I was a bit disappointed because I've kind of got used to her. And yeah, she's the first funny. year you hated it because yeah. she was just too foul-mouthed and too rude and not funny. And then you got used to her and now you miss her. Yeah, now they didn't have her at all this year. Um, they decided to let the developers of the games tell the story of the games, which wasn't a bad idea, but it just didn't have as much energy as she kind of brings to it. It was a bit blah. So what happened here was they showed The Crew 2. I love The Crew. It was the racing game where you drive the whole way across America. I was hoping The Crew 2 would be driving all the way around the world kind of deal, like different continents and stuff. But they didn't do that. They're still in America. What they did add to The Crew 2, though, is not just cars. You can do planes. So they've got, like, stunt planes and stuff. They've got uh, boats and jet skis. So it, they're going bigger and better with it. Uh, it looks really cool. That's coming out this year, actually. Assassin's Creed Origins, which is the prequel to all of the Assassin's Creed games. And it takes place in ancient Egypt, which I think might be the best setting for an Assassin's Creed game out of all of them. Because Egypt is just amazing. To, it just looks good and it's cool history. And, you know, Assassin's Creed games dig into the history. Uh, there's also South Park, The Fractured But Whole. The Fractured But Whole. I got it. <laughs> yeah. That's the new South Park game. It's an RPG. It's full of South Park stuff. If you like South Park and you're a fan, you'll love it because it's just like watching an episode of it. There's a game called Transference, which uh, it has Elijah Wood in it. It looks like a VR game, and it, it's really weird the way they kind of showed it. Um, almost like it's something in the game is like that's they're, they're, what they're pitching it as is there is a way to download somebody's mind into a computer and then you go into their mind. So Sid Talk's mind Got gets it. downloaded and then I, I experience Sid Talk's mind. And you do that through your VR headset. Sounds interesting. Who knows what it'll be though? Um, Skull and Bones, they showed that. Remember Assassin's Creed Black Flag? The pirate version of Assassin's Creed. It had a really cool uh, pirate ship part where you shoot, you know, pirate ships shooting at each other. I would say this is pretty much the multiplayer version of Assassin's Creed Black Flag 
So you're doing it online against other people. Hmm. Look kind of cool. I'm not. I would have rather it be a pirate game with a story, but this is really like a shooter, but with pirate ships. Um, it did look cool though. I mean, that video that they showed, the um, pre-rendered thing, it was amazing looking. Um, they also showed Far Cry Five, which is very controversial because it's like about crazy, crazed religious like Baptists, <laughs> and uh, it's set in Montana. And you're a group of people to go who go in to get rid of these extreme Baptists, and uh, it looks intense. Let me say, I like Far Cry, so that's a pretty good setting for that. And finally, at the end of the Ubi's conference, there was a game called Beyond Good and Evil from about 15, maybe 17 years ago. It's getting a sequel, Beyond Good and Evil 2. It's like a, it's one of those games that, like Shenmue, everybody loved, but not enough people loved it for another one to be made. Uh, but finally, they're making a new Beyond Good and Evil, so that is coming late next year again. Now, this, this is unique, because this is the end of the uh, E3. Um, Sony were up last, and Sid Talk actually watched a whole press conference. I did. You have never done that before. Not right? on purpose. I mean, you've, yeah, I've you, been in the room when they've been on, but not You like, actually oh. sat and watched it on TV. I said, I'm going to get up take a bath, and then I didn't. No. I watched it. So, now, Sony's press conference was very different this year. It was very classy, first off. They did it in this big... I don't know what the theatre is exactly, but it's like a place where you'd go and watch an opera. And um, there's a lot of people there. They had a live, um, like an Indian sitar group at the beginning, like playing live, the theme to Uncharted live, which was really cool. They had like the biggest video screen I've ever seen, a 4K video screen that literally looked like the stuff was in the room with you. And um, they they... I think this was the best um, press conference of the bunch. They decided not to have people come up on the stage and talk about the games. I think it was a really wise move because it really drags things down when somebody comes and starts telling you how this game is played for 20 minutes. They just showed trailers, one after another. They did have the president of Sony come up at one point and talk. He was very brief. He just wanted to say how, like, about, you know, we're making games for the fans, and thanks to everybody for buying PlayStation. That's all he came on and said. But then we went into the games, and wow, did they have some good games. Well, they did show trailers of the games. Trailers, but yeah. there were gameplay trailers, a lot of them. But they didn't you. talk about them or anything, they just showed them. No. So, first up was Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Uh, Uncharted 4 was the last Uncharted game, and this is the DLC for Uncharted, Um but the DLC has become so big, this has become a game in itself. Um, it's actually a disc game that you buy. It's $40. It's not a DLC anymore. It's actually a full adventure with Chloe, who's my favorite character from Uncharted. And um, <clears throat> that's out this year, so that's not off in the future. It looked great. Good voice acting, great graphics. They're doing a DLC for Horizon Zero Dawn called The Frozen Wilds. It's more Horizon Zero Dawn, which is an awesome game that came out this year with uh, the robots and the cool open world. But this is like a separate bit where it's all in the snow and there's different robots to fight. Looks cool. What did you think of uh, our sitar for this one? What did you think of the game Days Gone? Looked you, interesting. The one with... Uh, Anything that's post-society fall... Zombie. Yeah. Zombies or no zombies, I'm 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 interested. And it looked good. Looked really good. Yeah, the the part Days Gone is that it's a open world zombie-ish type game, a bit like The Last of Us, a bit like uh, a bit more extreme than The Last of Us, really less scripted than that. But um, the moment where he breaks into the compound and then lets all the zombies through, and a big pack of zombies go wild on on all the bad guys, I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. not, like something I've not seen before. Like they have hundreds of zombies on the screen at once. It seems like it. it's a really good-looking game, too. Um, it's like up to the same level as something like Uncharted or uh, The Last of Us. Like, really high production values on it. Um, then next up was God of War, which is the, you know, the reimagining of God of War, I guess. I don't know. Some people are calling it Dad of War because he's with his son and he's trying to teach his son how to be a badass. Yeah. What did, what did you think of that one? No, it's good. I I was like, whoa. Yeah. It just looks 
like this his skin. I was like kind of mesmerized by the details. It always looked top notch, God of War, but this is like we've gone far. Right? We've gone ahead again, haven't we? Graphics wise, it's it looks really cool. Uh, it's not out this year, unfortunately. It's next year. Then uh, they showed Spider Man. Oh my god, that Spider Man game was good. Spider Man game. See, that does nothing for me. I was like, ugh, boring. No. I don't like the jokes. I don't. I get it. He's he's a superhero guy who's gonna capture all the bad guys, and they're gonna be a big plot to whatever. His mechanics didn't look that interesting to me, but I've never been that into uh, Spider Man games. But as far as it looked, the way it looked, and the actual, I said to you, there's moments in that, and you play in that game where it looks better than Sam Raimi's. Spider-Man looks on the screen. Oh, it, yeah. It is so good. It's the best-looking Spider-Man game I've seen. Um, then there was a Call of Duty World War Two. You know what? It's Call of Duty. Uh, yes. They had a cool trailer with a cool song. Um, it's just lots of killing, and it's World War Two, right? I mean, it's not... It's impressive. It looks impressive. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Oh. They announced Shadow of the Colossus and it came on the screen and I was like, is this a sequel to Shadow of the Colossus? If it is, this is the best E3 ever. Unfortunately, it's not. (laughs) It's a remake of the original. And you might say to yourself, well, there's already been a remake of the original. They made made a a PS3 version because it was originally a PS2 game. Well, yes, they did. They actually upscaled it for the PS3, but this is not an upscaled version. It's actually a, a complete remake. They're doing it in 4K. And it's a complete remake. They're actually, they're not porting it. They're making it again. Redrawing all the art, making it all up to date. It'll, it's one of the best games ever made, so it's just going to be better, right? Um, there's rumor, and I heard this at the E3 press conference afterwards, that there were three Colossus cut out of the original game that never got in there because they didn't finish it in time that there will be three new ones actually in this new version. So hopefully that pans out, because how cool will it be to see some new stuff? Detroit Become Human by the guys who made Heavy Rain. What did you think of that? Which one? Oh, Detroit. The one with the the robot type things. looked interesting. I mean, androids becoming sentient isn't new. No. But it looks pretty... Well made, but then you're just seeing little clips and bits. You never and, know, do you? And yeah, exactly. Do you remember the Ellen Page game Beyond Two Souls? Yep, exactly. Now that looked cool too, didn't it? And yep. We, we both we played it, and it wasn't as cool as it looked. Exactly. There was a lot of illusion of uh, your choice, but it really just went one way, didn't it? Really, at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't quite as good as it seemed. Um, so who knows with this one? It looks cool, but. You know, you never know. Uh, and then there was Monster Hunter World. I thought that actually looked kind of janky. I don't know about you. That man running away from yep, the monster. Definitely. It kind of like, looked. Ugh. It looked like uh, it was unpolished in some way. Maybe it wasn't finished. I don't know. These are early demos and stuff. I'm not a Monster Hunter fan anyway. I'm sure it'll be excellent when it comes out. But that trailer left a lot to be desired. They had a trailer for Destiny Two. That didn't do anything for me either. And I'm a Destiny fan. It was just, hey. Here's a new bad guy. He's going to kill you, and then you're all going to rise up and kill him. It was really kind of forgettable. Uh, and then they showed... Uh, actually didn't show these at the press conference, but they showed them afterwards. Gran Turismo Sport, which is the new Gran Turismo. I um, love that series. It's just cars racing, it's, you know, but it's... Now it's in 4K. It's all brand new for 2017. It's actually coming out this year, believe it or not. I'll believe it actually when I see it because they like to delay Gran Turismo. Probably come out in 2020. And then they also finished with Knack 2. Knack was a terrible game. Knack 2 also looks like a terrible game. So that's the end of uh, E3. That's all of the stuff I saw. I thought it was pretty cool. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool overall. I just met your description. Um, I don't think it was like earth shattering this year like last year when they announced Shenmue 3 you know there was like big announcements last year where I was like holy crap I'd never heard of that that's a brand new thing this year there was very few and far between that was something that I'd not heard of and I was pretty disappointed that there was no Last of Us 2 they didn't even mention it this year like it doesn't exist yeah I uh, don't know what that's all about, whether it's delayed or whether they're just saving it because it is coming out this year. 
there was no nothing. It was like it doesn't exist. So, um, yeah, that was E3. It was really fun. Uh, there are quite a few games there in fall that I am interested in. Uh, mostly uh, Uncharted, God of War next year. That Days Gone, I think that looks fantastic. I really want to play that one. Yep. Um, and Forza 7, actually, because uh, I love racing games. So that is E3 for another year, and that is the highlights of it. There's, there's a lot more E3. If I you hope go a lot of people listening really love video games. My other thing about E3 this year, which was cool, was YouTube did the coverage, uh, and it was really simple. You just go to your TV, go to your tablet, go to your desktop. Click you on it was the, simple to watch. It wasn't simple coverage. No. It was good coverage. It's really easy to just go and bung it on the TV or watch it in bed or watch it on the toilet. It's like, because YouTube were covering it instead of a TV station like Spike TV did it one year, it's much easier to watch. So I hope YouTube keep it and do it every year because uh, it was perfect. So, um... Tid Talk, what is Spanguli? Spanguli is a horror host who does his show for two hours on a Saturday night on MeTV and he hosts like a horror movie of days gone by. This week will be uh, The Boy Who Cried a Werewolf from the 70s, I believe it looks like. I will not be here because I'm going to take a road trip. Very long, well, pretty long, six hour road trip to go see you 2 in Louisville, Kentucky. You, you because actually. I went to see him 30 years ago, 1987, once again, with my roommate from college. We haven't seen each other for about 10 years, and we're going to get together, and we're going to drive over there and have a road trip. You actually probably will be back on Saturday, won't you? Mm, at some point during the day, yeah. yeah. Don't know what time. It's a long drive. So. Spangoolie's at night, remember. Yeah, so maybe right. I could be in at midnight. I could be at, at noon. I have no plans except to be in Louisville on time for the concert. What is for dinner? Tonight, well, our HelloFresh... Oh, hold on. Why do we even say what is for dinner on this podcast? Well, we became or stopped something... Well, we don't eat meat anymore. We haven't for about 10 years now. And in the beginning, it was all very exploratory, what we would find to eat, and uh, it's never uh, been an issue. Just hold on. Breaking news. Mm -hmm. Your UPS package was delivered. Oh. Um, so our it's really friend. funny. We're talking about what's for dinner. <laughs> yeah. And then on my screen, it pops up, your package was delivered. And that's, what's been delivered is our dinner. Because occasionally we get a HelloFresh box when I can get a cheap discount. And we're vegetarian, and therefore finding new foods and interesting recipes is always, always on the menu. And we like to talk about it because a lot of people think it's weird. And I don't freaking understand why it's weird to not eat dead animals. I don't care if you eat one. I, 40 years, I ate so many cows and pigs and chickens. It's, you know. Did you eat them raw? Um, Just like I, a chicken putting them uh, No raw. <laughs> See, meat doesn't do much for me. It no, never the, did. The visual raw of you saying, <laughs> you saying I eat, I ate a lot of cows, chickens, <laughs> is, is you like actually getting a chicken. But that's what you're doing. You're eating a cow, a chicken, <laughs> a pig, um, whatever. If you're someplace where you eat horses, you might eat a dog. I don't know. You're eating whatever. It's, it's a dead animal. That's so, all they're sitting. And I'm not judgmental. Couldn't give a shit. I have family in the meat packing and meat smoking business. And I love them. And I support them fully and wholly. But I just don't anymore. And I'm a very round, robust woman. I'm not fading away. And so we like to tell people of our little adventures in food. HelloFresh often has... we got the vegetarian options. And it's really good. If it wasn't for that, I'd probably go to Jimmy John's. And let me, <laughs> and let me say... um we're not sponsored by HelloFresh. No, we I just wish. like HelloFresh. I <laughs> wish. It just is really tasty. It's definitely it worth a shot. Yeah, it's good. And um, apparently, yeah. if you unsubscribe from HelloFresh and then kind of go back, ask them a bit later, can can they join again? You can actually wangle a discount. They give you a big discount. Yep. Yeah. At least for one box. At least. So um, let's get your advice so we can go and get some HelloFresh. What is my advice? I forgot. You've got all this stuff added on here. It is. Be happy for your friends' happiness. All of your friends are going to have happy moments in their lives. Good things come to them. Bad things will happen as well. Just being there when the bad shit happens and being like the friend who's, you know, oh, I'll bring you some dinner and oh, I'll run the errands for you. That's great. It's lovely. But then when your friend gets happy and has a wonderful experience and you sit back and are like, hmm, well, I wish I could go on a big trip. I wish I had a nice husband. I wish I had a better house. I mean, you're full of shit. Your friend is living their life. They get some happiness or something good. It is as if you are getting it, 
because you're going to experience that person's the change in their life, whatever it is, as a result of whatever happiness they have, is going to trickle across to you because you're their friend. If you are their friend, if you're jealous or you're like, well, they make this much more money than me. Must be nice. And, And still she wants me to buy my own lunch. I mean, it's just bullshit. Like, I guess they're not really your friend if you're not happy for them. Because I have a friend right now who's in Rome, Italy. She's been there for, well, she's been in Italy for nine days. And I genuinely, I feel like I'm living it with her. She posts loads of pictures. She talks about her experiences. And it's as if I, I, because I know her so well and I know her, her reactions to things and her enthusiasm about things that I'm there with her. I'm not left behind, which I feel like some people have that thing with their friends and just don't, <laughs> you know? All right. So, well well said. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com and sidtalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, or just go to ayschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can listen to all of the shows right there. Email feedback to me at ayschoolie.com. Don't email sidtalk. And... Um, <laughs> Because we did the Batman movie this week, I want to say stay classy Adam West, who actually died this week. You were one of the best Batman. Batman. <laughs> one of. Yeah. Come on. There's many Batman, but you was the silliest. And also, that show, he's, he's the best animated mayor of all time. True. And that show is still very... Uh, Batman's on MeTV after we watched Sanguli on a Saturday. And I often leave it on and we'll end up watching it. It's just a fun show. It's very camp. It's very weird. But very fun. It is. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you.